This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Welcome to Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and we are super excited to continue our series today um, on leadership. And we're calling this series, A Leader People Want to Follow. And I am so excited about today's topic. Um, We are going to be talking um, about open-handed generosity. And this is something that I have become extremely passionate about, um, mainly because I recently read a book that we're going to talk about quite a bit today that has honestly just like convicted me to the core and also just really inspired Don't me. Don't leave yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Stick with me. Stick with me. It's good. There's redemption. Um, but man, it, it inspired me so much just in how I um, honestly just see the world. I mean, really, it's it's not uh, not a book that's really just for people in leadership positions, although I think it was kind of directly written to people in leadership. But I remember after finishing this book, I was like, you know what? I think the entire body of Christ needs oh, to read this book. I think every believer needs to read this book. And if you're like, what's the book? Well, (laughs) it is called uh, Rooting for Rivals, and it was written by Peter Greer, who is the founder of Hope International, Um, and then also Chris Horst and Jill... Hi, C. We're going to go with Hi, C. Might be He, C. Sorry, Jill. Not 100% sure. Um, but they wrote this book. And I mean, as I said, to say it's an amazing read is really an understatement. Um, it's, it's all about generosity and living just an open handed life and, and why that is so, so important and why it's so important to the body of Christ. Um, and so, man, like, kind of as we always say, at these on these shows, this is not just for. I mean, if you are like, I don't know why I'm listening to a leadership series right now. I'm not a leader. Um, I can tell you that very much today's show is is so much for just really is for all people. It's for all believers. I think this is such an important concept. And I said this because I actually was able to do kind of a pre-release read of this book and submit some questions um, to Peter Greer, who was going to be doing a webinar on this book. And so I I just said in my response, I don't know if you read it, Peter. If you listen to Mercy Talk. You'll hear me, (laughs) but but I just was like, this isn't, this is such an important read for the body right now. And so whether or not you are in a formal leadership position right now, I just really encourage you to to join us and listen today because I just think it's, I just think it's hugely important. It is. It's, I agree. I agree. And again, to drive home what Mel said, like if you're not in the corporate world, if you're not uh, in a leadership traditional business role, that has that doesn't matter. This is for everybody. Mom, dad, small group leader, teacher, your leader. I mean, goodness, let's be real. If you're on Facebook, you know, you probably yeah. hold some kind of influence over yeah. somebody. Somebody is reading your stuff and listening. Yep. Be careful what you post. Uh, so, <laughs> so th- I mean, this is, this is great stuff. It's for everyone. And I, again, I'm with you, Mel. I'm so pumped because Holy Spirit has been doing some deep soul work within me too uh-huh. over this past year. And I just, I feel a fire in my bones as we talk about it. Um, it's challenging, um, but it also there is so much freedom. Mm. And I think that's what has been the coolest thing to discover. You think, oh, if I live with open hands, I'm going to lose so much. But really what you don't realize is you're actually 
gaining so much you didn't even realize you didn't have or yeah. was missing. And yeah. so um, let's just start even with what the concept of this open handed generosity means. It's really it, like, is it really that different from tithing, giving to your, you know, favorite nonprofit or charity or whatever? Why? Like, why does this even matter as we're leaders mm-hmm. anyway? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Those are all very good questions, Rachel. <laughs> so glad you asked. <laughs> so glad you asked. Um, and so, yeah, and I love this too because it affects our everyday, our eating, sleeping, walking around, normal lives. Yeah. And it's so much deeper than just giving money. Mm-hmm. And it definitely shapes the way we lead. So generosity is not just financial. We're talking resources, time, encouragement, gifts, even in our support, generosity plays a role in all of these things. Um, and in an interview in the Rooting for Rivals, Peter Greer and Chris Horse said that it comes down to two common themes when trying to get to the core of what marks an open-handed, generous leader. So here's what they said. Uh, first, do we believe in a world of scarcity or abundance? Hmm. If we believe in a world of scarcity, we see someone else's success as less for us. Mm-hmm. But if we believe in God's abundance, we aren't threatened by the success of our rivals. Those That's in quotes, by the way. Rivals, quote. Yes. Instead, we have the freedom to celebrate their success, knowing that we serve a God who multiplied loaves and fish to feed thousands. Hmm. Over and over again in Scripture, we see that our God is a God of abundance. Okay, so, so I that is such a challenging thing. Um, And actually, Chris Vallotton has a really great podcast and he was talking about being humble to be promoted. Mm -hmm. And that was the piece of like, how do you kind of check yourself with that? And that was one of the things was when people are more successful than you, do you immediately be like, man, good for you. Like, and root them along or are you like, oh, (laughs) you know, and he tells kind of a funny story in that. But I, I love that. That's such a challenge to us because I think we in the church can tend to eat our own. Oh, um, you know, and so we, we want that to stop. Yeah. We'll talk yes. about that another day. Mm-hmm. Today's not that day. Yeah. Um, and so the second thing is, do we believe our calling is to our clan or the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. So if we see our responsibilities ending at our organization or even our family, um, then we care little about the world beyond. But if we believe our calling is to the kingdom of God, above our own organizations, then we instead have the freedom to work together without unnecessary replication or concern about who gets the credit. As churches and nonprofits, we can accomplish far more together than we ever could alone. And there we go. I already read this book and I'm like, what? Yes. So good. Hearing it all over again. It's so good. I mean, I just feel like that in those very, very few short sentences there, I mean, they just cut to the chase. They cut to like, really, what is that the core of so many of our issues? And I mean, yes, while in this book, he is very specifically addressing the ministry world. Um, and especially in that, those quotes that you just read. Um, I mean, this, this truth applies to every area of our lives because whether your role is maybe leading a ministry or maybe you're leading in a for-profit organization, or if it's just existing with other human beings, I mean, how many of us can literally just like crumble and die oh. when we hear about the success of of someone else, especially if it's someone that in our minds, they've become our competition, Yeah, <laughs> whether that's socially yeah. Yeah. or within the working world or whatever it might be. If you see someone as a little bit of a threat to your own success or your own promotion or whatever the case might be, when they succeed, 
is there anything that can like just crush you more? Right. And that mm-hmm. is a problem. And mm-hmm. I just think so much of that goes back to that mindset of there's not enough to go around. Yeah. There's not enough success. There's not enough praise. Right. There's not enough platform. There's yeah. not enough promotion yeah. for it to go around. So if somebody else gets it, that means it's less for me. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's very much like orphan spirit, it poverty is. mentality. Exactly. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this, not even talking about a business, but as a preacher's kid, um, mm-hmm. when everybody really wants the preacher to drive a piece of junk car, um, or they get upset when the preacher goes on vacation. I actually had a conversation with someone mm. a couple months ago that they were like, well, I mean, I pay your salary and you get to go on like a two week vacation. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I probably Don't. didn't handle that. <laughs> Super great. Uh, yeah. Wow. But you know, but it is like, I mean, this is, this is as a, the religiosity, I think of our faith, not, yeah. <laughs> you know, the core belief in Christ, um, is a problem. This expectation that, that those who serve or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like what expectations do you put on other people that they can't advance? Mm-hmm. Um, or sure. that you, you know, good. you don't want them to, and that ma- makes you uncomfortable when people are successful yeah. um, or that you need to be more successful than them. Yeah. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's so good. It's so huge. And I mean, Jesus just has so much to say. The Bible has so much to say about being one, being unified. And it's super hard to be unified and be one with someone that you feel like you have to one up, Mm. you know, I mean, it just is. And, um, it just sets this, this level of animosity in your heart that you maybe don't set out to have, but it, it just eats you alive. And Mm -hmm. I'm speaking this because, well, I've been that person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's part of my testimony. Um, but John 17, 21 says, um, this is what Jesus prayed. I pray that they will be one just as you and I talking to the father are one. And as you are in me, father, and I am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And then John 13, 34 through 35 says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other, just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I don't know about you, but this is so mm-hmm. convicting. Mm-hmm. I mean, a unity is um, a call to get behind what matters most. And it's also the way people will recognize Jesus, like l- literally. Um, it's that powerful. And if I'm really honest here, I feel like a lot of times my agendas are what matter the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. this, of course, affects my ability um, to see that there's more at stake than just my preferences or accomplishments. Yeah. But we're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. And I think if you can come back to that as your core paradigm, um, as the most important thing here, that it's not necessarily my preferences or maybe even the way I was raised or my tradition. But let's look at, of course, what the Bible has to say. But is this is this a kingdom thing? Yeah. Like if this is a kingdom thing, that trumps all the other things. Yes. That's what I loved about that. The whole book that it just kept pointing me towards. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom more than it is about you. Yeah. More than it is about your organization, Mm -hmm. more than it is about your success. Yeah. More than all of those things. It is about the kingdom of God. And I loved that. That's what the whole book pointed towards. And that's why it was so convicting. Cause I'm like, I don't live with that mindset every day. Mm -hmm. I don't live with the mindset of like, what is, what is best for the kingdom? Yeah. Yeah. Like, please, Jesus, help me. Like, I, I want to live more in that mindset. But so often I'm concerned more about my me or my department mm-hmm. or my team mm-hmm. or my uh, ministry, the place mm-hmm. I work. I'm way more worried about those things than mm-hmm. I think about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so it just was. Uh, I know. Well, it's a full, to- I mean, it's a full paradigm shift to go yes. from where, and especially if you're competitive 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Melanie and Brooke. And if you, you know, and so that's really hard. Everything is competition, a piece of, and you get rewarded for that when you beat people, when yeah. you win. Yeah. And then this idea that, you know, and, and I think that mentality was manipulated with, well, everybody gets a trophy and all. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what we're talking yeah, about, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, this really leads us right into, um, you know, your epistemology of scarcity. Whoa, whoa, Sorry, whoa. sorry, guys. I was like, what? We're, hey, pastors, get I want to pretend like I knew what that meant, <laughs> okay. but could you back up and define Epistemology <laughs> is the way one views the world that was so around good. them. Thank you. Sorry. I'm sorry. so impressed right now. I'm just saying. And you're welcome to all of you out there. Yeah. Who's like, what? what use, you that, use that word. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's great. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. I got a lot of thoughts there. Let me go back to my thing. So in the way that you view the world. Mm. <laughs> with scarcity versus abundance. Mm-hmm. And so this is nothing new. Okay. So Garden of Eden started really early on, guys, yeah. um, when Satan basically questions the goodness of God. So he accuses God of withholding something good from Adam and Eve um, and that God has purposely kept them from obtaining it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so this mentality basically shifted a belief to them that not only is God maybe against us, um, but he's not as good as he said he was. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which if you really dig down into the core of what the Lord wants, he just wants you to know he's good. Yeah. Right. He says, know my character, know yeah. who I am, because when you know the character of him, you're able to have faith in the process and in the hard things that come through life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, but it does. It caused them. It causes us to buy into the lie that there's actually a limited supply of resources. Mm-hmm. There's just the special thing yeah. over here and only the few, mm-hmm. <laughs> the chosen few. Yeah you know, get it. And so, um, and that we have to fight for what we need and want. Yeah. Um, and really again, goes back to that. God isn't good. Mm-hmm. Right. And when he talks about if those who are evil don't withhold, like how much mm-hmm. more, right. Mm-hmm. Father give you. Yeah. Yeah. They're, the rest, that's the rest of that verse. So anyway, <laughs> so we wrestle. Thank you. Thank you. We wrestle with this on a practical level. And so when someone else has success, when they rise to the top, that sinking feeling, Mm-hmm. That comes in and we've all had it. And I, I will speak mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. um, because we feel that there won't be anything left for us or we didn't get there first, yeah. yep. um, you know, or whatever that is. And so the need to compete with others that are on the same mission or journey um, and needing to feel validated. And, you know, the bottom line is that if we're all on the same mission or journey, the key is how many more people could we serve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, well, he got there first to the first 10 people. Cause guess what? There's a hundred thousand others yeah. Yeah. that need you yes. that need us. Yes. Right. Yes. So to me, that's now just really shifting into this is so exciting that we all have the same heart and we have the same mission. And when you find like-minded people that you can do all of this together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it'd be yeah. like if someone came and said, well, we want to open up a mercy home in every state we, or, you know, something like that. We'd all be like, Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we know how many people need to be served yeah. in that process. And so anyway, but great leaders are open handed and generous with their support, their mm-hmm. encouragement, with their praise. Um, and his like the Lord blessing on one person does not negate his ability mm-hmm. yeah. so and his good. willingness to bless me, to bless you. Um, and honestly, this is I mean, really, this is life changing stuff. And, yeah. and maybe other people are better than us, but I feel like maybe this will resonate yeah. <laughs> across the board. Hey, everybody, Nancy Alcorn here, founder and president of Mercy Multiplied. I love every time I get to connect with you guys. I love sharing exciting news. And I want you to know the very end of 2018, we made the decision to 
advance our age range. It used to be 13 to 28, and now it's 13 to 32. And in the first two weeks alone, we have had 26 young women between the ages of 28 to 32 apply to our program. So I want you to know that in case you know someone who needs help, we would love for them to apply. You can check us out and apply online at mercymultiply.com. I mean, it's, yeah. it is such a game changer when you stop to see, or when you stop seeing the whole world as one big competition. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. it shifts everything. And I mean, I think that the world and just the way that our culture functions, it points us to that, that mm-hmm. like, it's like every man for himself. Yeah. Life's a competition. Life's about who's the best, who can climb to the top. Um, and, you know, I, I, it makes sense to me that the enemy would want us to just fight and fight one another, break up the very unity that Jesus prayed for. Yeah. I mean, like that's like one of the last prayers he prayed for yeah. us was that we would be one. Mm-hmm. And how much would the enemy love to get in and say, oh, okay, so all you people want to make it, you know, a difference for the kingdom. I'm going to turn y'all against each other so that you can't, you can't accomplish near as much yeah. apart from one another mm-hmm. if, if, than if you were unified. Yeah. And so I think that that is just such a, it really is just such a, a scheme of his. Um, but I, I have another, you know, this this is almost like almost too painful to say it out of my mouth, but like, how does this play out in the concept of maybe you lead other people like within an organization, within a ministry, whatever it is that you do and, and leading people who might be maybe, I don't know, more competent than you are mm. in some areas That's or maybe real. even That's more successful yeah. than you are yeah. in some areas. How do you handle that? Like, what if I see someone on my team who I realize, man, you were like light years ahead of where... I was when I was your age mm-hmm. and you got some giftings mm-hmm. and you got some anointings on your life that yeah. I do not have, yeah. you know, and it's just obvious to you that they've got a gift. How do you handle that? That mm-hmm. is a really good indicator of where you land on a lot of the things that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, because how many people, you know, especially like if you had a, a scarcity mindset, you would avoid giving them opportunities. Yeah. You would avoid giving them time. You might even avoid giving them training or resourcing them or, yeah. or or letting them go out and spread their wings and fly, if you will, because of that scarcity mindset. And like, I can't let someone that I lead like somehow rise higher than me. me. I mean, mm-hmm. what does that say about me? And so, man, I mean, like I said, that's almost like painful to even say just because... That's, I mean, I've experienced things like that where I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to be awesome because I'm leading this group of people, but I'm seeing things in them that are like, they're better at this and that than I am. And how am I going to handle that? It is such a gut check moment. But I mean, if I'm living from a place of abundance, if I'm living from this idea that there's enough to go around, um, if I, if I know um, that someone else's success is not somehow a detriment to my own because God is a God of plenty, that's going to change everything. Yeah. And I love, in, in Psalm 36, um, I just love the scripture. It says, all humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights, for you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. And so I just love that that verse points to the fact that we serve a God who is an abundant God, who loves to bless his kids, who's good, um, who doesn't run out. There's yeah. not a limited number of seats at the table, guys. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's unlimited. Yeah, it's and it's so um, I just, I love that that scripture reminds us, but man, it's just, it's, it's a heart check thing. No, sure. that's true. And I think, I mean, 
And anybody would be, because you obviously, if you're trying to be successful, you want mm-hmm. to be successful, meaning doing a good job, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not just mm-hmm. talking about financial gain. Sure. Um, but if you think back, even when you were talking about that, and I think the only reason I was successful or am successful is because there were people who yes. championed me yes. along the way, right? And not just, you know, yep. my dad who was like, do this or else, <laughs> you yep. know, but really like sure. there, you know, there was a dean at the university that I was at that was like... She was like, I just believe in you. She, I mean, she even talked to me. She was like, I think you should think about going into politics. And oh being in, I know. And I was like, Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> but it was just but really, so nice. but there was this moment of realizing because there was so much competition, sure. there was this moment of mm. she was like, she was for me. Yeah. You know, huge. and she wasn't a perfect leader, but she was for me. And if yeah. you look back, none of us got here because somebody wasn't for us. Mm, you yeah. didn't crush Ooh, everybody along the way. Yeah. And so to then not champion someone else, you know, that that's anyway, the Lord can deal with all of us on that. All right. So I'll move on, but let's talk about Jesus. (laughs) Let's talk about his generosity. And, you know, I mean, Jesus had so much generosity in his ministry, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from his support of John the Baptist ministry to his commitment to pour into his disciples around him. Like he was constantly practicing open-handed generosity. Um, He made time for the most hurting, the most destitute people. Um, And when it came down to it, he was about doing the will of the father. And that meant bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And that wasn't competing with anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because he has no rival and he is if he is our father and we sit with him at the right hand, then we also have no rival. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so and I this just, is a sermon. Y'all, y'all I just like going. Get inside and, so, <laughs> and so so, I mean, if you looked at the religious leaders of the day, right, their mm-hmm. whole agenda was promoting themselves. Yeah. It was about rank and it was about hierarchy, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. when we have no rival, we sit not everyone else is below me, but that we are all there at the right hand. We mm-hmm. are all together yeah. in this together. Um, and so, yeah, nobody wanted to follow those big old jerks. No, they were mm. like, I'm gonna go hang out with Jesus because mm. yeah. he's nice exactly. <laughs> to me and honest and kind yeah. and, yeah. you know, strong. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it's making me think of, um, and I'm going to totally botch this verse, but do it. It's when Jesus kneels to wash the disciples' feet. Uh-huh. Like the, mm-hmm. the phrase that says right before that, it's like, since, since he knew who he was and he knew where he was going, he knelt down. Wow. Mm. And I just always am so struck by that. I'm like, if I know who I am and I know where I'm going, my response to that is to get on my knees and serve mm-hmm. and to like want yeah. to promote others, push others forward, elevate others. And in that process, I am being Jesus. And I mean, let's be honest, the way of the world and the way of leadership within the world and the way it's even seen in competition. I mean, there's really very little of it that seems to reflect the heart of Jesus, Mm -hmm. very little of that. And so, um, I, I I just think that, um, at the end of the day, all of what we've discussed today hopefully encourages us that we do not have to strive or strain um, or get bitter when we see other people doing well and that mm-hmm. we can lead others, that we can serve others. Um, and again, this doesn't have to mean that you are in a leadership position. If you are are a champion of other people. You support other people. You yeah. push them forward. You, you mentor them. Maybe you share of the very resources that God has given you yeah. with other people, because guess what? You know that your God is a God of abundance. And so if you give, he will not continue. He will not withhold from you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just think if we can start to see the world from that place, I just have to wonder if the body of Christ functioned from this mindset. I mean, 
what would that look like? I mean, what, how different would our world be? How different would the church be um, if we could all think and live in this way? Um, so and I, it, it, I really do think, Brooke, you said it earlier, but it really does just go back to that deep, deep conviction of our hearts that God is good mm-hmm. and that he is a good father. And um, yeah, that scripture from Matthew seven that says, if, if sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, like how much more is your heavenly father going to give good gifts to those who ask him? And I mean, we, this topic of generosity, we could talk on this for forever. I mean, we haven't even talked about the financial aspects of generosity, which I'm going to guess most of you coming onto the show today thought that's what we were going to talk about was about money. <laughs> Surprise. I mean, mercymultiplied.com. You can give online if you'd like. But I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. If Jokes. you know how to budget Dave Ramsey, tell Jokes. him, tell him <laughs> yeah. Brooke <Saint> you okay. <laughs> <laughs> and wants to be um, his friend. <laughs> so there is that, there is that element of generosity, but I hope that today maybe we've challenged you to think about generosity in a whole new, not maybe different, but just an expanded way. It's mm-hmm. not just about finances that we're talking about. So how can you lead and just serve other people well by by overall increasing your own generosity to others? Yeah, no, that's, that's so, so good. And so many of these points have been so convicting for my own life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we go today, of course, as we have been doing up until now, uh, we want to continue with our no no series of no no series. We just need a no no's. Such a mom of preschoolers over here. Uh, but you know, the nose of open handed generosity, giving you something practical that you can, you know, just write down quickly and say, Hey, are these flags popping up? Am I mm-hmm. noticing these patterns? Uh, and the first one would be competition. And we kind of mentioned this earlier, but when you begin to see others as a threat, then that's for sure a red mm-hmm. flag. Mm-hmm. A really good mentor of mine says to crush competition with a compliment. And I know that feels at first, like fake it till you make it kind of thing. But really, in all honesty, if you just if you're waiting for your feelings to catch up, that's probably not going to yeah, happen. Never really good in anything. No, no. Yeah. there. No, <laughs> that, just no. Yeah, that's, it. that's yes. all I have on that. Sorry, the Go doctor ahead. over here. The yeah. it's true. It's like, true. And wait. so you really just have to um, put into practice what you're wanting to see in your life, and mm-hmm. and so going up to that person that maybe you do consider a threat in the moment, and being sincere and genuine. I mean, don't be fake and pour out lies, but really, uh, being sincere with that compliment. And even before you feel on, I've just, I've found in the past it to be, to continue to be true that it, it, it works in your heart and your feeling yes. towards those yeah. people yes. begins to change. Yeah. Um, and then the next one I would just say is, is striving. And this one is really, really sneaky. Um, because it's just, it's, it's almost like an undercurrent in our motives. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment you feel like you need to prove something, mm-hmm. at least that's how it usually shows itself in my life. I need to pause and just ask why, mm-hmm. like there's a difference between wanting to do things well and with excellence and then constantly feeling the need to impress and earn the approval of others. Yeah. And oftentimes striving closely follows a spirit of, again, scarcity and just feeds that lie that there's not enough for you. There's mm-hmm. not enough to go around mm-hmm. um, and that you need to be pawing and, and grabbing at whatever you can. You need to be proving and working extra hard or else Again, there's going to be nothing left. Yeah. Um, and when we're operating from that mindset, we're just often too exhausted to live generously because we're just trying to survive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just too busy trying to prove ourselves. So that would be the second one. And then um, the third one I would say would be reluctancy. Um, and it says, I mean, you know, really seeking wisdom and, and waiting on the Lord are both important virtues. Like those are things that of course, we here at Mercy are all about and and agree and believe in. But there's also a difference, I think, in 
reluctancy um, with withholding a good thing, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, like, again, you were talking about, Mel, the the praise, the, the somebody who is further along than you are in their career or who you see has the potential to go farther and withholding those good things from mm-hmm. them, either because you're afraid that maybe others will think that they're better than you are or you're afraid that it's going to show you one up or whatever the fear is there yeah. withholding those good things from somebody. Um, that's, that's a, a real big red flag mm-hmm. in Proverbs three twenty seven says, do not withhold good things from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them mm. that, I mean, even a compliment, I mean, truly like yeah. that. Yeah. That was really convicting. So open-handed, an open-handed generous person lets go of needing to have all the answers and controlling the situation. And oftentimes we're called, this was this has been convicting for me, but we're called to be generous with no guarantee of the outcome. Mm -hmm. The results are up to God. You know, I could pour out this generosity on somebody and give them all the time and opportunities and even financial resources. And they may, um, they may squander it. They may, they may go on to be go further and farther than I ever have, but I can rest and trust in the fact that like you said, Brooke, he's a good father. He's a God of abundance. He still has plans for me, even when someone else succeeds. And I think, in the church, we've for sure bought in that lie, bought into that lie that, oh, these are like the anointed ones. Like they, these people have an anointing on their lives. And like the rest of you, yeah, you're just, you know, we will bless you with our gifts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks for showing up so we can bless you. (laughs) And I think that feeds into that. And it's not true. God, um, you're right. He has a storehouse of, of good things. And so, um, living from that mentality of, of, being able to rest that he's a good God and he's got good things at, it just sets everything at ease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like both of you were very convicted yeah, um, I mean. by the series and so I'm glad we, talk, glad we talked yeah. about it and maybe <laughs> we'll probably get learn to one from that, you. Yeah. yeah you, you could, could learn more from me later. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's so, yeah. I mean, this is something again, uh, you know, as a person who does want to be successful and very much like thinking like, when I have a vision or when someone else has a vision, I'm like, let's do it, mm-hmm. you know, but you forget all of the fallout in between and having to champion people. And then sometimes you're dragging them along. And like you said, yeah. what I love is your job is to be good to people and yes. to pour into people the way that the Lord does you. And what yeah. happens with them is between them and the Lord, yep. as we like to say, or I like to say a lot, yep. you know, so if you hire people and you pour into them and they go on and do something else, that's amazing because maybe that was your job at that yeah. time, yep. you know, in your season. And um, so anyway, uh, yep, that's that's good. Good. nobody paid me for that extra <laughs> right there. <laughs> but so, you know, as we wrap up, though, what we will always keep coming back to is just encouraging you to take the time with the Lord to talk this through, to talk this through, trust him to be gentle with your heart. If any of this made you feel sick to your stomach or it hurt a little bit, don't be afraid because he's going to be so good at revealing new things to you and taking you higher. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't mention this last week, but I always say this, get some accountability, Mm -hmm. have a friend that you can trust and that knows you and knows your heart and that you can talk through these things with, that they can encourage you and champion you. Um, If you don't have a mentor, that at least you have somebody who walks alongside you because this is tough. It's really tough Mm -hmm. and it can hurt your feelings when you've tried really hard and maybe someone, you know, you're trying to start your own nonprofit and somebody else gets theirs off and you've poured your blood, sweat and tears into it. So no one's asking you to feel good every moment of the day. Mm -hmm. But I think what 
what we want to encourage you to do is just to be self-aware and trust the Lord to deal with your heart. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and find people that'll support you in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, cause we know this when we partner with him, just amazing things happen and spend some time in testimonies too. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you need to hear other yeah. people's testimonies are like for 10 years we worked and then all of a sudden or 15 years or whatever, you know, whatever encourages you in that. So, mm -hmm. um, anyway, so from all of us here at Mercy, we will talk to you next time on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.